All right, guys, before we get into the podcast, it's a great time to be at Royal Honda where they have 80 pre-owned cars available for immediate, immediate delivery and 100 new cars like the 2022 Honda Pilot EXL, Honda's flagship SUV. Boot Crew Media is driven and powered by Royal Honda, located at 5600 Veterans Boulevard in Metairie. So make sure you go check them out or visit their website, royalhonda.com, and find your new car today. Special podcast that I'm really excited to get this going. David DeLucci in studio today. Jordan Elliott in studio today. We're going to talk fishing. We're definitely talking baseball. Uh, World Series champion to your right. You know, not, not too many times you get a World Series champion in studio. So no, they go with two and two together, you know. Oh, sure. <laughs> well, we were talking about your uh, your baseball career. Was it eighth grade? You it was made? eighth grade. All-star, shortstop. Baseball, you know, David, do you believe that he was a shortstop? Like I do. He's long and lean. I mean, he's got that athletic build. Uh, you know, <laughs> looks like he's got a good first step. Um, threw- I've seen him shoot a bow, so I know he's he's got good uh, uh, velocity behind his uh, maybe throws. I know okay. his arrows. I, I threw smoke, and to be honest, if you look at the bio in yeah. Boot Crew, yeah. what is one of the things in there? I don't you know. I haven't read it. What you should. It? Go ahead. Mullet toss. Placed. <laughs> you placed the mullet toss? 98-2. The only reason I lost is because a D1 athlete pitcher came in and threw far. What? Away. I threw a mullet who, who? 98 feet, too. Did you go sidearm or did you go over the top? You fold it over the top. Over the top. I can also. You didn't want to go sidearm? Maybe get catch the wind with it? Still to this day, <laughs> I will throw a golf ball 120 yards. Dang. Who who, who measures that though? Like who's measuring that? You? Call. Call. Anybody. Try, <laughs> call Trey Collins. We can do it live I'm, call. I'm dead serious. I still to this day, I don't know why it's weird. I can throw fast. I was just never. Really, that's hard to do though. because the golf ball is so small, and it's kind of like Shaq shooting free throws, right? I mean, you, I'm telling you, I, don't, I, I still don't believe you're a good golfer. I, I, I don't. I'm at the get on the golf course and see that. Maybe if so. I get invited to one of your tournaments, you know, you're always <clears throat> unbelievable, unbelievable. All right, we're gonna get into the show. <laughs> you're unbelievable, David. Right off the bat, let's do it. First career hit. Do you remember? First career hit was uh, in Fenway off of Tom Flash Garden. Gordon off of the Green Monster. It was okay. a single because the Green Monster. Like? So, it was it was incredible, man. It was. Um, uh, I'll never forget it. I was with the Baltimore Orioles, and um, as a kid growing up, I w- that that was my ultimate goal was to be a major league baseball player. But I never thought that, that was going to happen. We should all have ultimate goals, right? Sure. Um, and I was striving for it. I used to cut out all these sayings and percentages and then as i kept getting better and better and moving up in my career it's like hey this thing may actually happen and then to play there then to play in the major leagues and face flash and face all these roger clemens and all these guys it was just crazy i i couldn't accept it i had the hardest time being able to uh, appreciate that i deserved to be up there so i was idolizing these guys and uh Flash was a fantastic pitcher um, all the way throughout his career to the end. And then to get that hit off the legendary green right. monster, you know, um, it was just incredible. I think we were getting beat pretty good, but uh, but it was unbelievable. I, I called everybody I knew and told them I got my first major league hit. Do you still have the ball? I do, absolutely. Oh, Front and center in, in I, my I, study. That's yeah. so cool. So take me through, uh, you know, I, I've – Grew up playing baseball. I love baseball. What is that moment like being announced at Fenway Park? You're about to get your first major league at bat. Like your mind must be going, 
crazy, right? Like, like, like you're in the moment, right? But like, take me through your walk in the batter's box where, you know, Ted Williams and, and Mo Vaughn and call you Strimsky and, and Johnny pass, like all yeah. these guys, what is that like? Kind of like uh, sitting here for the first podcast with you. <laughs> unbelievably <laughs> nervous. <laughs> that is perfect. Uh, I mean, like I'm shaking in my seat right Ted now. Williams. Like, I, my but, life's complete. But you know you got a role to play, and you know you got to do something good. So you yeah, pull it together. You do, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, um, for me, uh, that year as being a rookie, everything was new. So it was my first AB. It was um, my first – uh, at bat in Fenway first at bat in Yankee Stadium all that was new so it was a new experience and I can remember many times just getting in the batter's box and my knees shaking so bad praying that they did not see my pants moving because <laughs> it was it was adrenaline yeah, and sure. it was nervousness it was um, uh, a new team that was the other thing is nowadays these these minor leaguers they get to work out during spring training with right. these teams their facilities right there the locker room is right across the hall when I was with the Orioles, our spring training, minor league spring training, was in Sarasota. The major league spring training was in Fort Lauderdale. They weren't mm -hmm. even close. So if you ever got to go play with them, you had to take a bus, and very rarely would they ship guys over there. So when I got called up, I got called up from Double A. It took me a year and a half to get up there, and I didn't know anyone. It was so fast, um, and not being with the, with the team in spring training, I walk into that clubhouse, I didn't have a clue. Right. But I knew I was playing with Hall of Famers, Cal Ripken, Rafi Palmero, Mike Mussina. So I was already nervous. And back in 97, they treated the rookies like they were rookies. Right. It's a little bit different now. You were Hayes. You were treated. You knew your place. And so every at bat I was there, I was trying to prove myself to, to me. I was trying to prove myself to my teammates and um, and finally, when I got that first hit, I got the monkey off my back. It it uh, relaxed my nerves a little bit, but it you was, started bowing chest. Then I started well, flipping back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you didn't do that back then, man. You would take one in the you ear hole back then, absolutely. Right. Yeah, I do Wait, want to dive into that. My question yeah. was, uh, how long did it take? You were in the minors for how long? A year and a half. To, a year and a yeah. half. Wow. Okay. Yeah, signed in. Uh, Which is, I, that's to a, me, that's a, not long, right? Not at all. Not, that's yeah, a big chunk. I realized quickly that I did not want to be in the minor leagues. We were riding mm. yellow school buses back then. There was a 13-hour right. bus trip. Um, and so the other thing was playing in the SEC, it was an easy jump for me. I, w I was strong. The wood bat uh, did not make a difference to me. Um, and the quality of pitching that I faced every single week in the SEC right. when I went up – it was like, hey, man, I, I see better than this oh, on the yeah, weekends. Yeah. Sure. Uh, my biggest adjustment was a split finger fastball because no one, only one guy threw a split finger. Um, John Powell from Auburn was the only guy that ever threw a split finger. So you go in the big leagues and everybody's got it. David Cohn has got it. Uh, Roger Clemens, Clemens. Yeah, Clemens, that's where I faced uh, Clemens. Um, at that time, it was, he had a pitch called the Razor. And along with the 97, 98 mile an hour fastball, he'd throw the Razor. And I was a good fastball hitter. I could hit uh, 100 miles an hour, but anything off speed, um, that was difficult for me. What is the razor? It was like this hybrid split finger, kind of a three-finger three pitch or whatever. Um, he took a little bit off, and it just had it a little moved, more bite. Yeah, it had a little more downward action to it. Uh, unlike a, a normal change-up is, I call it a dead fish, kind of like that mullet toss thing where <laughs> yes, it, yes. it just kind of goes down uh, <laughs> to a lefty from a right-handed pitcher goes down and away. His had a little more little more bite to it. 
Did you ever get to face uh, Pedro? I did. What was that yeah. like? It was awesome. Um, I, I don't remember I mean, my this stats. Five-pitch guy, right? Five-pitch guy, 97 mile an hour, three-quarter, a lot of sync on his fastball, a lot of sync on his changeup. Um, I, I, what really stands out to me was I faced him when I was a Texas Ranger. And um, I think that game, man, we were pounding the baseball. We had an unbelievable offense. And, um, and I remember fa- facing Pedro. I know I got a hit off of him. I think it was a change-up, actually. Um, but Pedro had these really, really long fingers. Yes. And so he could put movement on that ball. Just by putting pressure on his index finger, he can make that ball dive away. Right. And, and, um, but he was the ultimate competitor. You knew he was going after you. And that's what I like, too, is pitchers that towed the rubber and said, I'm going to give you my best, and if you can hit it, great. If you can't, you know – I went, uh, except the guys that kind of threw away and nitpicked the corners. I didn't do real well. I wanted, I wanted the challenge. Yeah, sure. All right. So I think probably one of the best world series ever played was in 2001. I think so too. Um, especially (laughs) (laughs) so you did, you know, looked up some stats last night. Didn't realize you went one for two in the the world series. So you even have a world series hit, which is incredible. Um, but I wanted to talk about something off the field, right? Yeah. So 9-11, things mm-hmm. like that. Take me through, which I think is probably one of the best sporting moments this in this history, is, yeah. is the George the George Bush uh, first pitch after 9-11. Yeah. Not after 9-11, but, you know, at Yankee Stadium, game three, he, the president comes out. What was that like? It was, um, it was incredible. Um, uh, what an awful experience our country went through for that and to play the world series against the Yankees after nine 11, mm-hmm. uh, we had the opportunity to go to ground zero. They gave, they gave the diamondbacks wow. coming in and said, look, if you guys want to take the, the uh, trip, we'll bring you if not. And not everybody went, I mean, it's tough, man. It's still, it's still hard for me to think about it and what all those people went through. So we visited Ground Zero. It was it was far worse in person than you could ever imagine on TV. It was a much bigger crater and hole than you could imagine. And we visited the fire departments. We visit, visited the police precinct. And while we were there, I remember they had a, a whiteboard of names. And there were names in black, names uh, in the color of green, names in the color of red. And while we're standing there listening to one of the captains, someone is behind him erasing a name and he's moving it to the green or the red. That was whether or not they knew they survived or whether or not they knew by a body part or by something that they perished in that attack. So, Man, we're standing there, and we're there to give them support and take their mind off of the job, uh, but we're learning a whole lot of, of, of what's going on and, and how devastating it was. So going into that, we were really affected, and we knew that for once, the New York Yankees, which is the most hated sports franchise mm-hmm. in the history of sports, everybody was pulling for them. Right. And heck, man, kind of deep down inside, if they'd have won it, I think we'd have been okay with it. Um, so we go there, we knew the magnitude that was on not only our team, but on the world series in general, we knew that we had to be safe. We knew that the whole world was watching this world series and, uh, to have the president of the United States come in person to throw out the first pitch. We were, we were just, we were full of pride that we were about to show the world 
we how strong we were and and President Bush was going to say, hey, I'm going to stand up here, give the thumbs up, yeah. and you're going to follow my lead. Um, I remember coming out when we found out that he was going to be thrown out the first pitch. This is game three, but yep. the first game in New York. Right. Security was unbelievable. And now that the president is going to be there right after 9-11, there were helicopters. There were snipers on the light poles. I mean, it was unbelievable. So for a while, we're like, hey, we're the most protected place in the, in the country, right? right? right. The president's here. Nothing's going to happen. And uh, President Bush, if you ever watch ESPN, you'll see the, the story. He was warming up with Jeter uh, yeah, in the yeah, tunnel and, and, and all that kind everything. of stuff. Right. And, um, and he comes out. He's got a bulletproof vest on, which is, uh, unless you're Jorda, it's hard to throw a strike. Uh, Jordan can throw a baseball strike or a mullet uh, and a golf ball. Right, uh, uh, a golf ball, yeah, legendary. But uh, it's hard it's, it, to just to go up there and throw first pitch strikes hard. He's got a bulletproof vest on, and, mm-hmm. and he gives a thumbs up. and He rears back, and, dude, he fires a freaking missile right down home plate. It I was, was awesome. It bullet, I can't remember. Was it bulletproof? Was it on the outside? I, no, I it was on the inside. Either. Yeah, I it was on the right? inside. He's got yeah. the uh, jacket on. I was watching yeah, he has it. He's okay. got the jacket yeah. on, but it's, it's on the inside. And and uh, he fires a strike. The crowd goes crazy. Yeah, we are we that. are not even thinking about the World Series at the time. We're thinking about what this means for the country, for right. everybody watching it. It's right. Phenomenal. And I remember there was an extra umpire on the field for that. We're like, dude, we got five. Um, what, why, why we got these umpires? Extra umpire. It was a Secret Service guy. So that's oh, how serious, much protection yeah. we had. That he was dressed up as an umpire. Uh, holy shit. Te- oh yeah oh yeah this is big time dude throwing y'all off oh but as far as by be- far. you're thinking you're not even thinking baseball anymore no. you know? you're- we're That's- like this is unbelievable so he fires a strike everybody's on on just screaming their heads off we are too and uh we're like dude this is awesome right and then we start noticing the snipers are leaving. <laughs> the, the extra umpires go right. Very We're vulnerable open. Yeah, like, Come back. Right. Come Y'all back. are not the favorites. <laughs> so that is probably one, and I'm a diehard Red Sox fan I was telling you about, but that's probably one of the better moments I've ever seen in a sporting event yeah. ever was that. But that wasn't it. Game three, game four, and game five. I, I, correct if I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I think it's game three. Four and five were insane. Yeah. Y'all are up two runs both times. Yeah. Brocious hits. No, is it Tino that hits in game yeah, four? Tino was Tino was first. Tino was first, then Brocious was next, and then Mr. November happens with Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. Okay. It could have been very easy to fold it up right there. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about all the momentum going through the window right to the Yankee side. How did y'all bounce back and then just beat the ever-loving crap out of them in game six? So it's amazing because you would have thought that we would have puckered up and and hit the panic button, right? Because we had those games won. We blew them out statistically in every category. Yep. Um, and to lose the way we did and have the fans back into the series, uh, being vocal and and uh, supporting the Yankees, I think most younger teams would have just. They couldn't have breathed in that situation. And not only younger teams, y'all were a new franchise. We were a new franchise. No one, no, everyone was against us from the start because I remember I was on the inaugural 98 team and I remember doing all these radio shows and, and everybody's basically blasting the Arizona Diamondbacks because we're the new team. We have a teal, gold, and purple uniform. Stripes. We are playing in a warehouse, it's a retractable roof. Right. 
Um, but we were trying to grow real grass and everybody was just hammering us. Even some of the, uh, some of the teams that we played and individuals would come out really? locally <laughs> and, and, uh, be against us. And so, you know, people didn't really care for us. And we almost lost a hundred games in that first year in 98. And then our owner, Jerry Colangelo said, Hey, this ain't happening again. So he went out and he started spending money and we're bringing in big dogs. We're bringing in yeah. a big unit, Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, uh, Steve Finley, Reggie Sanders, all these guys are coming in. And then they're like, Oh wait, you know, best team money can buy aside from the Yankees. Right. That's not fair. You know, and we're like, Hey, we want to trying to win. Right. So, um, so people weren't real happy about that, but the group that they brought in, they were veteran guys, Luis Gonzalez, Mark Grace. I mean, we, we, we gelled so well together from the first day that when we got in that situation, I remember if you walked in the clubhouse after that loss, we were blaring Michael Jackson and any type of upbeat hip hop song we could get our hands on. It was in the clubhouse. And so by doing that, no one sat there and and was was concerned with what happened that day. We kept saying tomorrow's a new day, tomorrow's a new day. Byung Young Kim was one of the most dominant relief pitchers at that time. He was the pitcher that gave him yep. up. Just gave up the home Hanging runs. Hanging sliders, I think. Hanging sliders, dude. And we told him we we had an inner squad before we left, and and Kim was throwing live pitching. And I was one of the, the batters, and we told him because we couldn't hit his fastball. Well, you're doing that as a summer. Oh, it He's was a summer. Yeah. Look, he was he he, he was, was so filthy on some of his sliders that he would hit lefties in the freaking cup. Like they yeah. would swim swing and get nad shot. Wow. Um, but he wanted to throw that hanging slider and he wanted to throw the changeup. And it was flat as the changeup was flat as can be. And we told Kim, do not throw the changeup, man. Your fastball is filthy. It's 97. It's got turbo sink on it. And it was the same pitch over and over. And they over, teed yeah. off on Did uh, he did Tino hit a fastball? I think Tino, Tino might have gotten his fastball. I think he I think Tino hit a fastball. I know I'm pretty sure Broch is definitely Bro, hit a slider. Broch was a uh a, a, a hanging off speed pitch, and so was Jeet. Yeah. Jeet Jeet was all over our off speed pitches um that series. And Jeet's went oppo, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah. And, um so, uh, so yeah, man, we, we, we could have, we could have, um, we could have thrown in the towel right there, but the team had come so far that we're like, we're going to play this thing out. We're going to play to the last out and right. let's get back to our place. Let's get out of here. And so, yeah, it's rocking, right? So you beat the crap out of game six. Now game seven, it's another moment where you could just fold it up. Soriano hits a solo job. Yeah. Go up two one. Yeah. And then that ninth inning, just pandemonium. Pandemonium. Um, Tony Womack, I think you get the first two on Womack, uh, Womack was huge that series. He, he was grossly uh, overlooked for because yeah. Gonzo, rightfully so, got the game winning hit with the bases loaded. Mm -hmm. But Tony Womack, the whole series was absolutely on fire. And uh, and Schilling's dealing, I mean, Schilling is absolutely just yeah. carving up the strike zone. And Sori hits a um, splitty, I'm pretty sure it's a splitty, and he smokes it home run. And uh, our fans never let up. The crazy thing is, about the top, about the middle of the ninth inning, we have the roof open. It's raining, really. Which it v rarely does in the desert. And then it was no chance of rain, so we're seeing rain come out. They're not going to close the roof, and a, and a gust of wind had picked up, 
And they're, you know, the, the fans were phenomenal. They were waving white towels the whole time. Fifty something pe- thousand people. You couldn't you couldn't hear yourself uh, talk, right. you know. And um, trash had gotten on the field, and the wind was blowing, and it had this tornado effect of white towels and white napkins. So there's Sweet. a white tornado behind home plate going. And I remember looking at Mark Grace, and I'm going, dude, they had their magic at Yankee Stadium. We've got this something is, going on over. Magic. This is our yeah. magic, and and there were every single player on that bench knew we were going to win the game. And I was going back and forth because I had an opportunity to pinch it. And I remember uh, Bob Brinley saying, go get loose. You're either going to – if Gracie gets out, you're going to pinch hit. Uh, but if he gets on base, you're going to pinch run. And I remember going in the clubhouse, and I was stretching going back and forth. And all of a sudden, I see Unit walking into the, into the training room. And I'm like, Randy pitched the night before. Yeah. He's coming in to close the game. And so I go back to the bench, and I'm like, guys – Big units in there getting – they're getting him hot. And everybody is like this shot of adrenaline. Like, this thing happens, Randy's coming in. And um, I didn't know whether to pull for Gracie to get a hit or get out because I wanted to hit. (laughs) I wanted to face Mariano Rivera in the bottom of the ninth, you know. And uh, Gracie gets on, and then all hell breaks loose. Our offense comes alive, and then Randy comes in. You know, just storybook, dude. Storybook. Man. So – all right, here's my question. That's incredible. I'm sorry. I, I, did, that's, I, I love hearing that stuff. Go ahead. Like, yeah. That's incredible. After that, obviously, it's going to be loud. What's the loudest you've heard a stadium? Yeah, and more, I think, football, you hear that a lot. What's the oh, loudest yeah. stadium? Yeah. But Being baseball, LSU, I feel, yeah. what is, what's the loudest that it has been? Um, I, would, I would have to say that that Diamondbacks crowd – and I had the opportunity to play in, in many playoff games. I was on the 2003 Yankees team that played in the World Series against the Marlins, um, the Red Sox. Yeah, American yeah. League we're, we're getting to that. Don't worry. Um, I think that Arizona crowd, when Gonzo that. hit that hit, man, it was it was an eruption like nobody's business. I mean, like it was unbelievable. What's funny though is the Gonzo he kind of gets jammed and like it's a blooper and you're like, where's Derek? You know, because people don't realize that he's in like the infields in bases are loaded. And so like, there's that gasp of like, Oh shit, it's a blooper. And then it just falls. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It's it, um, it, it's amazing. Cause I think Gonzo hit 56 home runs that year. He was 335, hundred plus RBIs. And so he's being known the whole year as the, as the power hitter. And then as a kid, when you're playing wiffle ball in the backyard, you dream about, Bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, game yeah. seven, World Series. He steps up to the plate. And we're like, this is this is perfect fitting, per- perfect ending to right. to the season. He's going to go yard, and then he gets <laughs> he hits one right over his thumb. Right, we're yeah, like, yeah, damn, yeah. that ain't yard, but it's got a chance. Jeter's <laughs> playing up, right. you know, and yeah. oh, it's, it's just it's it awesome, perfectly. Awesome. What's funny though, I remember as a kid watching that game, and that same night the Saints were playing the Jets, and being a huge Saints fan, that's when Kyle Turley ripped off. The helmet yeah, of yeah. the Jets oh, fan yeah, and that. threw it. Yeah. So that was going on as Game Seven was going on. It was just like it was, both those sporting events. Like I just remember that night re- so vividly. The and then yeah, there's a night that I'll never forget. You know, you made me cry. Uh, so as I said, I'm a huge diehard Red Sox fan. Yeah. Um. So Aaron bleeding Boone. Boone yeah. Um, yeah. That was tough. Uh, you've been part of some of the best postseason, not only games but series. So take me through that. I mean. 
Pedro and Kareem Garcia mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the beanball stuff and Manny Ramirez overreacting to Roger Clemens, mm -hmm. that atmosphere. What is that rivalry um, like? Electric. Electric. Um, I think the rivalry was so big that the New York fans were so into that series that when we played the Marlins, it was, it was definitely um, a tick down. Um, because I think they ran out of gas. The fans just, I mean, it was unbelievable. Was, it was unbelievable. There's so many moments we can talk about. So I guess take me through first the whole Roger Clemens, the Pedro, the Cream Garcia. He throws it over his head. It was clear yeah. he had intent. He wanted to take his head off. <laughs> Pedro? Yes. Oh, yeah. I yes. mean, remember his. Uh, after and then Posado comes out. Who like, is this Cream Garcia? Remember he said <laughs> yeah. I would never get that. Yes. Uh, yes. So what, what happened was Rocket was throwing. And he went what Manny thought was way up and way in. And yeah. really, if you watch the replay, it's, it's not. That's it's it, it was it was elevated. It was not uh, purposely thrown there. And so Manny starts, you know, jawing back and forth. And Roger Clemens is gonna, you know, he's gonna stand his ground. He comes off the mound, and I mean, it's like these two behemoths. What is it? How tall is he? Sit. Who, Manny or Roger? Uh, Roger six four maybe he's a, he's six just three six four two probably at that time probably two fifty five he was beast big old barrel chest um, and so it's it's starting you know you can feel it the intensity in the crowd everything's starting to amp up a little bit going to the next level and um, and we're like what's the deal like everybody on our bench is like what's what's this all about you know yeah. um, and Zim I remember yep. Zim on the bench was losing his mind. He was in between me and David Wells, and his face was so red. He was yelling at the Red Sox um, that I looked at David Wells, and I go, dude, he, Zim's going to have a heart attack tonight. We got to watch him. Right. And, um, and so we're keeping our eye on Zim, and he can't, he can't cool off. And then Pedro throws at Kareem, and um, Rocket is getting his arm worked on in the in the clubhouse, which is upstairs and, and a ways away from the locker room. And there's a feed of the game going into there that's behind the game. It's like two or three seconds behind. So when all that stuff is going on on the field, Kareem's pointing his bat and everybody's starting, Rocket gets it three seconds later and and he comes running. So we're back on the on the uh on the dugout and we hear dum, 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 he runs out there and everything's everything's over like he's he just right. staying out you know so he's like I, i'm not gonna run out here for nothing well this thing escalates whatever long story short we go we clear and we turn around and see zim on the ground so we immediately think andy pettit's there we think zim had a heart attack Right. We didn't know Pedro threw him down on the ground. So we're everybody is attending to Zim. And then we find out no, Pedro threw Zim on the ground. And that's like throwing your your favorite great grandmother down because Zim is was so loved by everybody. And when you see that, it was it was game on. Whose fault was that though? Because he's charging a pit. Listen, I and I'm with so you. Yes, he's charging that is at a Pedro. Red Sox fan. He's yeah. charging at Pedro. I can already tell the way that he's, he's charging at this. No, I, I'm interested because he's charging at Pedro. I'm guessing obviously he's pissed off at the whole Kareem Garcia thing. And yeah. Pedro just throws him on the ground. It was an ugly scene, but should Pedro just be like, hey, stop? Or just because as you said earlier, Pedro he is said the great, ultimate great grandmother. You heard that. Yeah. But Very as David nice. said, though, yeah, ultimate competitor. 
He is. Um, I can't fault Pedro for defending <laughs> himself. Uh, and, I, and look, if you slow it down, it looks like Pedro is trying to keep Zim away. And when he goes down, I think Pedro, I think, I think maybe I'm imagining something, but it looks like Pedro realized, Oh my gosh, I yes, just threw yes. Zim on the ground. Yes. And I think he, even he Ortiz really felt, is like, Ortiz is like, what? Yeah. Why? He's why, why? And, uh, and then it just, it got out of control, man. And I remember seeing, um, the bullpen come out. So the bullpen guys are always the furthest and they're the last to get in. Usually everything gets broken up and then right. somebody you're comes in and says in something. There and you're, yeah. yeah. And here they come, man. And, um, and so what really in, in, I'm watching the bullpen, making sure I'm protecting my guys. And I see, um, I see a player on our team <laughs> got close. I got close. go after a player on their team, which I, which I knew. And, um, and uh, so he sucker punches it. And then that player's coming around. And I knew that player knew martial arts really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting so, into a question. I've been, so, I've been holding the question in, but this is a turn. Some of so, it. so I'm like, this is not going to end well for my guy. So I go around and I go to grab the Red Sox player. And I'm trying to keep him off of my guy. And I got him. And he's locked up. He's not going anywhere. And yeah. I'm and I'm, you know, yelling at him, what the F are you doing? Stay out of this. And and their bullpen thinks that I'm I'm trying to You're fight hurt. this yeah, dude. Yeah. So I look up and it's like five bullpen, these huge guys are around me and they're pulling me and I'm holding this guy. And it's like we got our own thing going on. If you ever watch the replay or whatever, they they've there's got a scrum here like, and then there's other stuff going, going on. on. I want to try to get and I turn around. And it was all cool. Like they all realized, um, you know, because I was I was a good guy. I wasn't a bad guy. Um, I turn around and I'm right in front of the parents section, and my family is like <laughs> they're sitting here looking. My my fleece top is pulled off to the side, you know. And I'm like, yeah, it's good, it's good, you know. That's we're all good. so. So I just have a couple more baseball questions for getting yeah. fishing, but I no, want to talk wait, a little wait, bit wait, more. Wait, wait. Let me let me get while we're on the subject. Okay, that's the. Is that the biggest scruffle you've been in? No, I've been in big ones, man. I've been in big ones. Um, uh, I was in a big one. Um, I always want to hear bench. Yeah, I love so, those stories. Oh, yeah, I was in a big one against the Giants when I was with the Diamondbacks, and um, and that was a good one. It was a Charlie Hayes, Todd Stottlemyre mm -hmm. um, is how it initiated. And uh, that one got pretty good. And it, and that was so the Diamondbacks' rival was the San Francisco Giants out west. We play those guys 18 times a year. You get tired of them after about six times. Yep. And, um, and, and it gets chirpy here and there. And occasionally somebody's having a bad day and they get pitched in or they get hit and they take exception to it. And Todd Stoudemire was one of the biggest bulldogs ever toe the rubber. And you do not – point your finger and go after him. He was old school. Right. And, and, uh, this thing went and, uh, and that was a good one. Um, I mean, but, you got but, clocked a couple of times. Um, I've been in there. I've, I, this is the key. Um, <laughs> it's always keep your head on the swivel. <laughs> Cause you're going to get sucker punched. You're going to get right? sucker punched. Yeah. 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 I mean, that and, scrum uh, is serious. It's serious. I mean, these are big boys. Like people don't realize yeah. when you watch them on TV, they all look the same size. Yeah, because they're all six five, two eighty. I mean, exactly. And ridiculous. and I'm five ten. Yeah. And uh, and when you go into 
one of these bench clearing brawls, you look up and you're like, damn. Yeah. If I was you, I'd be in the back, like, yeah, 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 yo, go, yo, go. I got yeah. you, I got you, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the peacemaker, just like, yeah. yeah. Guys, calm down, calm down. Yeah. So um, there was quite a few, but. Um, but those those two were the big. Those were probably the biggest. Yes. I mean that uh, adrenaline. Oh uh, yeah, you talk adrenaline. Well, I, mean, I want. That's why I want to go back to that game because what a lot of people don't talk about uh, in that was a game three, David. Right when yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a bullpen fight in the ninth inning. Right where yeah. like, a fan yeah, entered y'all's bullpen. Uh, yes, a fan like I jumped over. About that. So a fan. I told you. I, I told you. I love the. He rivalry. was a worker. Oh, he was a worker. A worker. That's right. You do too That's much right. research, is what I'm. No, I watch <laughs> Jordan. I'm telling you, when I, I why I, I like love Red you Sox because yeah. I love. Yeah, that happened. Uh, Jeff Nelson, yes. I think for us, yes, um, got into it because it was a worker that kept popping off at at the uh, which at is the bullpen. And what he did, yeah. he just like jumped in and like. Well, he got his ass kicked. Is what he yeah. did. Like, he in. got his fucking Char- ass kicked. Got in there. It's like, dude, you you talk about Red Sox faithful. I mean, the fans are tough. The workers are even tougher. Like it was. It was it was unbelievable. It was a carnival atmosphere the whole series, and that's I what know. I'm saying. Like it, it kind of took a lot out of the our team and a lot out of our fan base because I never realized. Like I, I went to Ole Miss. We played against Mississippi State. That's a bitter rivalry. Yes, I've seen the LSU rivalries back in the day when it was Tulane. You know, yes. I've seen the A and M LSU. That is not even close to what a Yankees. Boston Red Sox oh, yeah. rivalry is. Yeah. It's not even close. I mean, it's Alabama Auburn. Alabama Auburn. You know, I bet that's up there. I bet that's it's, up. It's there. the highest. Uh, you don't even want. I get to. I'm sorry. It's. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, that's a good rivalry, but this one, I, I'm telling you, um, to be an opposing player, to be a Yankee player, uh, first of all, you're hated by everybody anyway, because right. everybody hates the Yankees. But the Red Sox in the playoffs uh, at night, dude. Like it, it's there's just an eerie feeling. Of, I get goosebumps thinking about it. you're standing out there, and the climate. Uh, it's hot during the day, and it gets cool at night. And there's these pockets of cool air in there, and the fans are yelling and screaming. Yeah. It's October baseball is like nothing else. Um, you only have football going on at that time, right. and you got the best baseball competition there is. So you know you're on the front stage. You get the best play out of both teams, and the fans just go nuts. Yeah. So I gotta get to probably one of the I'm not lying to Dave, it's probably one of the worst nights of my entire life. Uh was the Aaron Boone yeah. home run, right? So yeah. what a lot of people forget about uh was that y'all were down three in the eighth and then the whole gritty little thing, right? Do you yeah. you know, should we pull Pedro? You got Bronson yeah. Royal warming up. I think you got maybe every warming up. Mm-hmm. Uh we didn't have folk then. We uh the Red Sox yeah. didn't have folk then. And like so Grady Little comes up and then I think it's first and second. Y'all chip the lead and maybe Hideki Matsui's up and they leave him in and Matsui hits the double and then Posada dumps one in the center. Mm-hmm. Did y'all think y'all were dead at that point or no? Um, no, I, th- I think all along we felt like we should win that series. Um, Cause y'all were just loaded. We were, it was unbelievable. It was a, it was a, uh, Remember the video game baseball stars on yes. Nintendo or Sega yeah. or whatever? Like that's we had Sega. We, it was hundred percent all the way around. I mean, I mean Giambi, Matsui, Sori, Matsui yeah. um unbelievable. Yeah, the pitching Posada, Ruth. Jeter, uh I don't know who's the third baseman. Booney. Oh, Do you remember that name? Does that what? name sound familiar? Aaron Aaron F and Booney. You're like you're like you're lucky I like you, David. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I David, I cried. Wait, was, for De, days. was 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 Delucci on there though? Did, did he have the Sega name? 
Did you have I don't, Sega day? Uh, I don't think I was that Sega was before me. I'm I'm on some video games, which is yes. crazy. I love it's, that's I so crazy cool to, to see yourself. On I, the think video cool. game. I think it's cool. I think it's oh, cool. Yeah. I think the 2004 MLB. I like Yes, PlayStation. I've been told. I refuse to play with myself on the, um, oh, I, that sounds, I refuse to <laughs> use my guy on, yeah. on there. Yeah. Um, I, I've I, been I would, told use, I would use your guy that <laughs> I, I just rake on the 2004 <laughs> for some reason. Like you cannot get my guy. You, out. Get me out. you cannot get me out on there for some reason. What, I how bombs in I, the so, um, stats wise, I'm 101 home runs. That. You didn't talk about that. Stats wise. I want to hear that. In, in in career, um, yeah. what would you say? Maybe not even showing stats. Like, what do you feel personally that you were the best at hitting? Oh man, that's um, Speedster. I, oof, I was. I don't want I numbers. Was, I want you personally. What do you think? Um, I think that it changed during the course mm-hmm. of my career. Um, I had I had wrist surgery in 1999. It was it was at that time it was thought to be career ending. And um, I was very aggressive. I dove. I crashed in the walls. I was on highlight films all the time on ESPN, SB Awards, and all this kind of stuff. And um, and that condition that I have, I have, I have a dying bone in my wrist. Um, it changed my style of play a little bit. Uh, I had to be aware that I could crash in the wall in 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 my career. Um, so I became a little less aggressive defensively, even though I still dove and all that kind of stuff. And my focus kind of centered around hitting a little more. It, it hurt my swing a little bit. I became a little more one-dimensional because I had power to both fields. Even as a five-foot-ten guy, I understood what to use, what body parts to use, and how to use them properly to get the most power out of your swing. So if you saw me in a batting cage and you see these giants, you're like, that dude's that's a single sitter. I wasn't. I wasn't a single sitter. Uh, in 98, my rookie year, with the Diamondbacks, I led the National League in triples. Um, That's incredible. So yeah, um, I, I, just, I, I have a question. It says, "Ask if he knows if he ever led the league in any hitting category." Yeah, it uh, led it in triples, and um, and and so the power was always there. And and as I grew older and got my man strength, the power got better and better and better. But the risk got worse and worse. So I I realized I would get off to these unbelievable first half starts. And then when the pain started setting in, my second half was was tough. So I think I became more of a hitter toward the end of my career. I also tore my hamstring um, first year with the Cleveland Indians. So that slowed me down a step. But uh, I think if I'm known for anything, it'd probably be my hitting. Because at that time, we didn't have social media like we do now. So yeah. if you made a highlight play, you got on the top 10. That was all they saw. Now, if you get on Instagram or whatever, you and see you this play over right. and over right. and over. But if you hit a home run, you, if that was going on there. Center, you know, right? you're, you're yeah. There. So, um, so I think hitting is probably what I would be known for nice. now. Good. Um, so it's just nice being known for anything. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, yeah. I'm just in awe now that my career is over and I look back, like I said, I was blessed. Uh, I'm a, I'm just a, small town Baton Rouge boy um, that never dreamed that I'd be there. So every day I walked into a clubhouse and I saw my last name on the back of a major league Jersey. It was the greatest day of my life. It was Christmas every single and day. How many uh, teams? Seven teams. Seven. 
Seven teams. Cleveland, yeah. Baltimore, New York, Arizona. That other team. And semi you know, go ahead. You can say it. You can say it. I don't like saying it. It's like I it's hard Yikes. to it's hard to like I think, I'm a, so I think much. I'm a huge Yankees fan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, Dave, you gave me pain in 2003. That'll never that'll never go away. But no, well, I, I can't thank it. This is so awesome. Like yeah, that, like what you just gave me the last 40 minutes is like something well, I talked about. The rest of my Sorry, life. I may have no, no, a little bit. Now we're talking fishing. Now we're talking fishing. So you're a big fisherman. Yeah. Um, Jordan Elliott, who runs one of the best bow fishing charters in this state, maybe even the world. World. world in the world, world. world. Uh, Jordan, go yes. ahead, brother. So I met uh, going through how we first met was through Ryan um, Andre. Yeah. We uh, literally it was a casual, you know, let's go fishing. You kind of just tagged along, and then from there is when we met. Went did bow fishing. I think you came one other time after that, or Mm-mm, that was it. Was just, I was supposed. Was, I think we were supposed, supposed to make another trip, and not and yeah, couldn't make it. Whether uh, I think whether one of y'all were out, but. Um, yeah, so tonight we're going, and hopefully, you know, weather permit it. Weather is changing a little bit, but should be good. Yeah, you want to hit some reds? So last last night we went a little scouting trip slash. I had one. Did you scout air- special for David? I did. I hope so. Wow. Nice. So I had nice. an airboat. I had a starter on the airboat um, go out. Repair Uh-oh. that Uh-oh. yesterday. Here goes the excuses. Hey, but no, oh, uh, that's why you got to have go. multiple boats. <laughs> <laughs> and so, he does. He's got repaired that one, but wanted to bring that one out just in case for backup. So ran that last night, did some scouting. Good news, bad news. Good news is we got fish to cook tonight. <laughs> bad news is I'm not going back to that spot. <laughs> this is a terrible scouting spot. Oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, it, wasn't, no. it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Dave, you've been, you've been, how many times have you been bow fishing? Uh, my life three times. Do you explain it to me? Cause I've been about five. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's the best way to fish in my opinion. I agree. I, I, um, matter of fact, I was describing it on the drive down here today. I, I think it's, it's the closest thing other than facing Tim Wakefield's knuckleball to a video game oh, because like it is, um, that. you got to take a lot of different factors into consideration. Mm-hmm. I have a tendency to shoot at the fish, and that's not how you you shoot a fish. You got to aim below aim low, it. Aim low. Um, and uh, what I really love, I'm an outdoorsman. I love when the lights come on and they shine into the water, and you see the environment and the habitat uh, in its fullest, undisturbed at night. It's like looking into an aquarium. That's and that's uh, it is so special. I think you get more of an appreciation for the marsh. And, and it's importance to South Louisiana and to us by going out there and seeing it. I remember when we went that time, I think the salinity was down because a storm yep. uh, hurricane had pushed a lot of fresh water in there. And um, we saw a ton of bass and bluegill that yep. night. It was crazy. Oh, wow. Which is not, uh, yeah, not yeah. Normal. it was, it was a storm, I think about a month before and uh, fresh water came in and we looped around. We did do, I think ship channel a little bit, but we were in more, you know, typically we're brackish going into more salt water, but we were in some, I would say, fresh water. Yeah. Um, not fresh water, but a lot, a lot of fresh water came in from yeah. that storm. And it was just crazy just to see how the fish were acting at night and, you know, bass chasing bluegill and, and crabs and stuff like that. And so we're sitting there look. I mean, and you've got a front row seat, right? You're right. standing on top of the airboat, right. which is awesome, by the yes. way, these neon lights and all this stuff. Yes. And you're sitting on top of it watching. You're like, this is thinking incredible. Yes. And a garfish, an 80-pound garfish comes cruising by. 
and um and you're you're you know you're shooting and i love it man it's amazing to me that the fish that that you see and and you're able to judge the size of the fit that's what's amazing to me like yes. he knows it's incredible the, the slot limit he can see it in the water whereas you know uh, a novice is sitting there looking going oh that you know that's not big enough and George's like it's you know that's that's yes. in there shoot shoot yeah, they're gonna know? look smaller uh i mean obviously you got um you know the deeper they are they're gonna look smaller you know uh you got the refraction of the water with aiming low that's why you gotta aim low so the deeper they are the lower you gotta aim um but as far as lengthwise it's hard to it really is hard to tell uh, it took me actually a couple of years to even see like, oh man, that is, that's, that's 16 inches for sure. A hundred percent. But it, to you, you're like, man, it looks 12. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, yeah. A, that's a and mullet. I'm I'll tell you, he's, no, he's one of the it's best. 16, a hundred percent. But you're one of the best guys I've ever had. Cause like you, you're so intelligent and smart and, and like, yeah, let that, let that one go, but go get that one, go get yeah. that one. And then your energy level is, it really is infectious. I, you get so, I, I'm sure you've seen over a, a billion fish in your life, but, you would act like that's sitting here for shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just. And those alligator gar, and we were talking about like the environment and the fish and everything. Like those alligator gar, I, I keep telling people you got to shoot as many as you can because I don't shoot they them. are they are invasive. Yeah. They have no pre- like they're predators. They're going to get eaten by another mm-hmm. alligator gar that's bigger, or a alligator, or they're going to get hit by a prop of a boat. Mm-hmm. That's it. Now, other than that, they're going to live for, and they eat. All like so, we shot one. I think it was last year or there, maybe two years ago. It had a whole redfish about 18 inches in them. Goodness gracious, it was, it was about a six foot uh alligator gar. But I, I mean, they eat all the fish, yeah. they eat all the redfish, specks, everything. I mean, so you're always looking to hunt them. I mean, yeah, shoot them. look, shoot and them. guess what? You're gonna eat them too. You can mm. eat them too. You don't have to do them all. Do they taste well? Uh, gar balls, you know, you, you can fry anything, but you can definitely fry anything. Believe it or not, the meat is actually white. I mean, it's white. Meat. Really? Oh, absolutely. It's just a, so ugly. It's a pain in the ass to clean, but once yeah. you get that down, it's it's good meat, really good meat. Right. So, so a lot of people pass that up, but I would say you need to try to go after them as much yeah. as possible. Who's uh, who's going on the trip tonight? So it's gonna be David and then Ryan. I think he's bringing son and then um, what, what am I? One of the captains coming. So yeah, light boat tonight. Usually oh, yeah. we bring like I'm five happy. guys. Usually every, oh, no, that, friends, he brings, so. every time he comes, he goes, oh, get six people. You'll get six people. All right. <laughs> it's all like a cram, dude. One guy shot one guy one time. No way. Just, no, not yeah, going I've never had that. Hit his finger. So he never shot. It went out, hit his finger. Did you shoot my finger? <laughs> it's been. It's, his, it gets trips. crazy out there, man. It it does. And because you're just, the action, right, David, as you were saying, like, once one bow goes into the, into that water, the action starts, yeah. right? There's so much yeah. action going yeah. on. I, I love the action, but I like what leads up to it because you're sitting on the end of that boat, the front of the boat, and you're like you, your senses are heightened, man. You, you are, are scoping the, the water. Box. Yeah. You're in the batter's box. It's, it's exactly. It's Fenway Park. God, that's Tom Gordon. I'm done. But what I, what I really got a kick out of is because I wasn't a very good shot that night. Ryan was not a very good shot that night. Jordan's sitting up there. He's hooping and hollering, screaming. And if redfish got by us, we were so bad. We probably could have fished three days straight and not gotten our limit. That's how bad we were shooting that night. Jordan would, he would just turn 
and on the run as the boat's moving, fish is swimming. Pow, and then he he's got it. it was unbelievable. Right. So what I always say is I don't shoot on my charters. I don't shoot. I always let customers shoot first. Always. I don't even pick up a bow. I tell all my other captains, don't pick up a bow unless they want you to. All deckhands, yeah. don't pick up a bow unless they want you to. But if so, once again, another analogy, I say I back clean up because, you know, I <laughs> it's funny literally, I will shoot only if customers miss. Well, we wanted and we wanted it. him to. So had, we, yes. we, we wanted him so, to, and he was crushing. Yeah, we had a cold night one time, and uh, we were like, Jordan, come help us. And he was actually cold. So there, I have seen him <laughs> at his worst. Um, but he is, I, I don't know how you do it. You just, he flings it to the sing. Mm-hmm. The distance doesn't matter. He's just incredible. You gotta shoot. Why not? Premier yeah. bow fishing charge. Where can they reach you at? What's your number? Um, I hope you know your so number. So you can do 251 753 2934 or yeah. look up premierbowfishing.com or Instagram, Facebook, not Twitter, but anything else. Yeah. I can. Maybe I'm get excited. it on Twitter one day. What time? So y'all, y'all, y'all going out at what, 7 p.m. tonight? Or so right now with the sun going down, it's about, about 5 45, 6 o'clock, but we're doing a little. We'll cooking tonight. Excited. Stay tuned yeah, because man. we're doing definitely do. Ryan's got something, you know, he, he told me a little bit about it. I want to say it, but, um, and then I'm going to do something on the side, do a little competition. Nice. Hey, now. Okay. Uh-huh. Man, cool. for that. That's yeah. cool. So, before we gotta go, I, I have to mention this story, Jordan. Is, um, it's actually funny, but I've known, well, I haven't known David like I do now, but I actually went to his Italian hall of fame induction with yeah. boom boom ray yeah back how yeah. long ago david holy moly um seven years ago i was gonna say 10 so seven to 10 years ago yeah, yeah. got inducted to the italian american so italian this, hall of fame mm-hmm. yeah. um and this it was so nice. cool to see him yeah. like i was just like that's david deluci like i yeah. know that guy and then boom boom ray and who else was in that class uh louis um oh man uh his dad saying um oh shoot if you wouldn't ask me i'd tell you <laughs> sorry uh super spot. nice guy um it was a singer he's a musician from new orleans his dad was very popular you're saying louis armstrong no, no. Yeah, that's why i heard louis i say louis prima for some reason but that's not it um i see what was the song i ain't got nobody keep singing nobody. though yeah you like that? <laughs> that's a hell of a voice better in the shower um <laughs> uh, let me uh, see it's a shack set. <laughs> that was a fun night i had a good time anyway i can't but like how random just is a gigolo his dad's saying his dad is the original writer for just a gigolo sorry to, to cut you no, off no, but I- um Golly, what's his name? Sat right next to me. Super, super <laughs> guy. I was so worried about Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Really good Mancini. <laughs> I was, so, I was in awe. Of boom Boom. I was like, are you, I cannot believe I'm sitting here. Boom Boom. This guy. God, what a name. What a nickname. Oh, what a great is. dude. Yeah. All right. So Ray Boom Boom Mancini, David DeLucci, Frank Massa, Salvatore Panzeca, Louis Prima Jr. Prima, I was right. Oh my God. Joe, you, you said that, right? Yes. Yeah. Or you, yeah, it is. Yeah. God, 2011, David. It's a yeah. Ten, ten, yeah. Ten, I guess technically That's 11. 11 yeah. You know what's cool? Look, wow. I'm 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 so honored about that. I am I am very proud yeah. of my heritage. I'm a hundred percent Italian. Um, my family, both sides are from Sicily. And uh, to be recognized and honored. By the uh, American right. I Italian, did not know that. That's awesome. yeah, yeah, man, I'm so uh, I'm very very proud uh, to be a, Italian. And my grandfather passed away. Watched every 
football, baseball, and basketball game I ever played up until my professional career. I just knew that he was smiling down that night because of what that uh, meant to him from from heaven. It was an yeah. awesome night. I remember Rocky. Remember Rocky Balboa? They had this cartoon looking big mask yeah. costume guy walking around in Rocky Balboa outfit and it just felt like home dude like all yeah. these wonderful Italian people supporting a uh, great cause and and great people um so maybe, maybe we night. should uh fish in the Italian American rodeo <sighs> I've been fishing I've fished in the past four years is it really, really? yeah, yeah I'd, I'd really? Hope so. I'd hope so, yeah really I've fished the past four years it's not just hat but yeah I'm fishing all time heck yeah game on, really good rodeo yeah. game on really good yeah. rodeo uh -huh. y'all got he's got to check out our fishing rodeo so we well, have two guys in, our, in, fishing in, in this fishing we're rodeo fishing which rodeo. is becoming when i say like i've seen a bunch of different rodeos like try to get off like start up let's get game mm -hmm. this one went from like what was it 50 something like the second year quadra it was the biggest growing like yeah they have really it's so it's two guys i was trying to get him on his name's kent mcguire yeah. kent mcguire and uh chase carpenter yes, they, they do. do they do the fishing podcast here uh -huh. um and so when we started this like two years ago we threw our first tournament uh fishing tournament i know jordan so he helped out and then our second year it's just it keeps getting bigger and better and it's so fun wow it's, really it's a blast fun. and we're running so out of it's rod and reel i'm sorry or rod and reel yeah we're running out of um, salt so we were actually running out of Wrigley's. Wrigley's, sorry, that's what we were running yeah. out. Run out of Wrigley's on side. Soon, yeah. at the end of this year, we'll be running out of Premier Boat Fishing. Hey, now, can you talk about that or no? Can I mean it's 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 under construction. Nice. It's going to be a four bedroom, four bath lodge. You know, nice. accommodate up to sixteen people. Um, Ten boat slopes to back down. Wow. Um, He's doing it big. That's awesome. That is awesome. So, yeah. That is awesome. Uh, yeah. As far as the boat list, everything we'll have that up in probably two three months, um, and then lodge. You talk to a contractor six months. Let's give it eight. Yeah, yeah. that's so, tough. Yeah. But so. yeah, it's it's gonna be big. But I want to run this. I really want to. Yeah, we gotta uh, get you out there, dude. Get more involved. Yeah, and do, I'd, I'd love to to be a part of it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's it's funny. Uh, I remember when we were getting ready and uh, Ryan was cooking for us, and we were all just chatting the last time we went fishing i remember ryan and i were looked at each other and we were like this guy's got a plan like just visiting we just met jordan i just met jordan yeah. and we're like this guy's got a plan like was the first he is time I met ryan too. Huh? That What's was the that? first time i met ryan oh really oh it was like i'm talking <laughs> this was that. that that's why it was so i kept it was like one of my first times doing kind of something like that they came in you know they and he had three, four camera guys, drones yeah. flying around. Yeah. Was, and I'm yeah. like, all right, we're doing something here. I mean, this was four years ago, maybe. Yeah. I mean, this it was, it was so a while cool. ago. Yeah. yeah. But I'm it, excited it was, to see what y'all do tonight. We're, I can tell you I'm going to miss a lot. I'm going to have a whole lot of fun. I'll be, I'll be hooping and hollering and yelling, but <laughs> may not be connecting. With there's, there's a basketball. So, Dave, I coach basketball. There's a basketball saying it's shoot to get hot, shoot to stay hot. So, just keep shooting, shooting, yeah. shooting. And eventually, when in doubt, when in doubt, shoot. When in doubt, shoot. 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 So, awesome. you miss 100% of the shots, shots you don't. You do that's right. From Michael Scott, or is that Michael or Wayne Gretzky? That's Jordan Elliott. Oh, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, I heard it. Yeah. So, uh, wow. I, that was so fun. So, David, I can't thank you enough yeah, for coming for having just me. chopping yeah. it up. So, David DeLucci, Jordan Elliott, I can't, I'm excited. I would watch y'all excited to see the film tonight and see what y'all catch um but once again presented to you by royal honda buku media david delucci jordan elliott 
Justin Napoli signing off. Y'all have a great Mardi Gras. Stay safe out there and we'll see you next time.